Bees are still dying. Systemic pesticides are at the root. Yeah, it's that Monsanto uh, where they genetically Bayer. modified it to be in. Uh, was it Bayer? It's Bayer. Well, Bayer and Monsanto are one now, but it's the systemic pesticides that are nicotine based that become part of the plant, and then the bees take back the uh, poisons in the form of nectar and pollen and store it, and then it impacts further generations. And it's not just killing bees. It's it's five to 10,000 times more dangerous than DDT. And it's killing birds and bats and butterflies and aquatic life. <sighs> the worms, it, it, when it, when it um, degrades, the metabolites are more dangerous than the parent compounds. It takes up to 18 years, so it stays in the soil. We've ruined our topsoil. And, and this is also a product of monoculture. Sean Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a long-time methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. And this is Sean Dustin. What's up? This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. This is our third live stream this evening, uh, and this one is a good one. Uh, I got a documentary uh, director here. But first, let's uh, get to a couple of the things, uh, announcements that I have to do here. Uh, if you're enjoying the streaming app that I'm using, StreamYard, uh, follow my uh affiliate link down in the comments of the description and you'll get yourself a $10 discount uh, when you sign up for a paid version of StreamYard. And I will also get a credit as well. Uh, if you like what I'm doing, follow me over on Patreon and we can follow, follow me over on Patreon. Sorry. I was looking at uh, a message over here. Follow me on Patreon and I've got some good stuff going on over there. My tears are all taken care of, and I've got everything put together on that. I'm on Clubhouse Wednesdays, 10 a.m. Eastern time uh, with my friend Maria Daniels from the Successfully Chaotic Podcast, and we are there talking about podcasting and meeting other podcasters in a room, uh, talking about different questions, giving answers to common questions or some uncommon questions. Uh, but yeah, we're over on, on clubhouse hanging out, uh, every Wednesday at 10 AM Eastern time today, or actually tonight I am talking with Miriam Hainan. I believe I got, I hope I got your name right. Probably didn't. I always screw up everybody's name. I'm like I'm like Sam Tripoli. Hi. Hi, Hi Miriam. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Did I get your last name right? Did I pronounce it right? 
negative. Right. It's it's a uh, henane. I tell henane. people it's like like inane, but henane. Okay, henane. It was funny. I was uh, Deborah gets red pilled. Uh, Adam, uh, I asked them earlier, and he said it, and I forgot it. <laughs> it's it's, it's yeah. as long as you don't call me Marianne, which reminds right. me of Gilligan's Island. Right on, right on. So, uh, Miriam is a documentary filmmaker. She directed a amazing bo- a movie, and it actually was a you won an award on it, I believe, too, uh, called Vanishing of the Bees. Correct. It's won many awards. It's been translated in 13 languages. It's about the global disappearances of honeybees, and it's still very relevant. Bees are still dying. And my message, it's been a decade, is that we are the bees. We are the ones slowly being poisoned. And, uh, you know, when you find out that the food supply is adulterated and uh, full of toxins, what else can you put past these elites? poisoning our food and food is thy medicine. Well, I mean, if you start to think about it in, in, in those terms, um, it's really death by a thousand cuts, right? Correct. Yeah. We, we, one of the beekeepers we feature, Kim um, Fulton, the editor of a bee culture magazine says it's a death by a thousand cuts. And then what's insidious is that, in so many of these scenarios, you can't point the finger. It's a host of variables. The same thing with chronic disease today. One in every two people has a chronic illness, a, a study that the CDC scrubbed from their website. Many, many studies have disappeared or are very difficult to find today. But we are a sick society, despite all of our technological advances, and these toxins literally rob us of um, IQ points. And today in the age of the Rona, we can see because we are seemingly surrounded by sheeple with no critical thinking skills. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, we, I was just talking about this in the last episode, but I, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, if it's not on, there's so many folks that are still with us. I don't know if it's baby boomers or, you know, what generation, the generational uh, thing that you want to call it. But I mean, if it, if it's on, if it's not on the TV, they're not believing it. And, yeah. and, and nobody has the ability or maybe the patience or, you know, to do their own research and actually, you know, look for, alternative like thoughts. I mean, because for me, and I don't know for you as well, I mean, it seems like it's so obvious, you know, it's like, how do you, how do you not see it? Right. Right. But at the same time, what, what I'm observing and what, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready or started writing a book on George Floyd, which is a multi layered psyop and having been at the Capitol and now labeled as a domestic therapist, terrorist that I find that if you don't catch the FF from the get-go and track all the nuances, details are dead. Details don't matter. I mean, like I'll give you an example. I found out that, uh, you know, that George Floyd, it's eight minutes and 46 seconds, which is when also the North Tower the, the was, was hit at 8 a.m. 46 seconds. And so now there, there have been people who have laid down on the ground for eight minutes and 46 seconds, jogged, uh, raised 8,000 and, you know, 400. 
all of this tribute, Derek didn't even put his uh, neck, his uh, knee on George's neck for that long. It's either 8.15 or 7, um, 7.46. And then you have people officials saying it's, it's regard, it's, doesn't matter. Okay, what's an extra minute? But it's like the details do matter. And it is obvious to us, to, to people who scrutinize. But I, I really think there's like this tsunami. We talk about white supremacy. And I'm talking about narrative supremacy. It's like this tsunami that comes over. And now we are not even able to question because even now broaching the possibility of election fraud is 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 a thought crime. Yeah, I've I've been following Monica Perez and her her coverage of uh, Garland. Um, uh, how was his last name? Favrito and the lawsuit that he was bringing against, uh, or he brought against uh, Georgia, the state of Georgia, and trying to trying to get the ballots, you know, just to even be able to examine them, and you know the tough time that he's having with that, and you know, being able to to get those documents or those and, ballots. And the- the, the truth is, Sean, it, it's, this was a bipartisan issue, and uh, you can go back to 2006 and watch Hacking Democracy, which was directed by the same person who directed Kill Chain that came out in March 2020, also looking at election fraud, um, cyber warfare, and stating that Dominion machines were designed for fraud. I mean, it's all out there in the open, not to mention the Time article about the secret history. And it's like now it's, oh, they fortified the election. Thank you. Uh, so it's it's a ministry of truth. It's projection, which is also inherent in narcissists. And, and we're living in this narcissistic society where we engage in ad hominem attacks there's not a lot of adulting going on. It's not a lot of EQ, but critical thinking should be embraced and welcomed, invited. And you rule out as an investigative journalist, you, you rule out some more um, out there theories. And you, you, there's nothing that's not on the table. And in school, they taught us there's no stupid questions. There's stupid people, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> What can I say? I'm sorry. But- yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's true, though. I mean, there's well, there's some people who just don't know how to critical think. I mean, that's really important, you know, to be able to think your way out of a corner. And and I don't think I don't think a lot of kids these days are are taught that unless unless you take it upon yourself as a parent to teach those things to your children. Um, you know, I often say, you know, don't, there was a meme that I saw that was really, uh, impactful to me and it said, don't give your children the, the life that you wish you had give, teach your children the things that you wish you knew instead, you know, and it's like, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. It's that's all of this, you know, it's all of these things that are kind of, that we see happening now and, and, you know, questioning authority. And, you know, when you just blindly don't question authority or the people that are, that are in charge, I mean, you see what happens, you know, just look at history, which they try to erase that too. Yeah. And in reality, I'm, I'm, you know, the, the, the George Floyd, I'm, it's kind of like the anatomy of a false flag. And so I'm reading a couple of books 
And my goodness, it's been false flags from the get-go, Hegelian. The thing is this also, I, I've now we're being, as we usher in a social credit system and uh, need to behave that, yeah, I question authority, but we question authority, many of us, but now it's it's also being disabled where you're going to be award, rewarded for behaving. I've already had cops called on me, like my transgression. I sh- you showed your nostrils. Like that's my transgression. I showed my nostrils. How dare you? Um, so, and then it's like, why are you calling the cops? This was in Costa Rica. And he said, it, it's the way you behave. So, so um, how how do we? What's the solution here when when we're regressing at a at a quick at a quick clip? I I think also uh, this is trigger work, learning not to get at least for me, uh, not losing my shit, and uh, having some some patience as well. Um, trying to remedy. The, the the situation um yeah i had something else to say but it escaped me no that that's okay i mean so is that what you you kind of think is is like on the on the rise here is is kind of trying to usher in you know what china's got going over there with the social uh the social crediting system the authoritarianism uh absolutely you know. <laughs> china Yes, I do think I I do think um, it's very if you look at the different methods, this disorientation, demoralization, destabilizing. Now it's like trying to normalize. They take a few steps front, then they take a few steps back. They they're conditioning people. People are adaptive. People are patient and Two weeks to slow the spread. And next thing you know, we're in 2021. And, you know, it's like January 6th. And then let's see January 20th. And now March 4th. It's like, no. Life, it's like now you, I think this year they're going to perfect their clumsy track and trace. And um, it's like if masks work, then why haven't they worked? Uh, They're going to, to... fine-tune their vaccine passports. They're already testing, like, you know, saying that Floridians can't leave to, to, to just test the waters. This has a lot been a live exercise, whether it's with their experimental um, jab um, to, to, to see, to see how far they can and they, they do their different experiments. I mean, when you're in Costa Rica and there's a lockdown and they're doing the same propaganda over there, and also finding people for not wearing a mask. They were they were peddling a, a brochure that showed a toe tag and said, you think this is the flu? Think again. I saw yesterday, by the way, a picture. It's either a mask. And then the image below was a person intubated. Like it's either the mask or we're going to force you in a coma and kill you because eight out of 10 people don't come out of that because they're forcing you into a coma and putting a sedative of miasma of drugs. Anyway, sorry, don't get me started on the yeah. corona. 
<laughs> well, yeah, it's it's hard it's it's hard to not though. I mean, you know, things are are seriously crazy, and you know, if you're paying if you're if you're paying attention, I mean, it feels like our our reality's been inverted. Um, so, but let's 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 pivot back a little bit. Um, let's yeah. get back into you, and you know, you had some. Uh, a, in your biography that I had scraped off your, a uh, couple of your, um, uh, website stuff, things that you had on there. I never knew that you had been, uh, in the, the accident that you were. Yes. That's, that's crazy. Can you, can you talk about that? Yes, I can. <laughs> I was 29 at the height of my Saturn return, if you believe that. And I was stepping into a crosswalk and I was hit by an SUV at 35 miles an hour and dragged into the adjacent crosswalk. And I broke many bones. I had a femur. Um, I broke my femur. So I had, I was outfitted with a 13 inch titanium rod and two screws and broke six ribs. Um, and then I had to learn how to walk again. And then I fought to remove the rod. 95% of humans, if not more, never take out hardware. But it had completely, um, I felt re, like I, I could just feel the metal in my flesh. It changed my constitution. Also, I was intuitive and on a spiritual path, but but I feel like something happened when I had the near-death experience and uh, work to further fine-tune my intuition. I think I'm in the future um, in some ways as a visionary, not to sound arrogant, but so that really, I was a Canadian and I didn't have health insurance and I grew up thinking, just socialist, thinking that's, well, it was a good thing, taking it for granted and then getting a rude awakening. They didn't even give me physiotherapy. I used yoga to walk again and I literally, like, I went to get a second opinion because the bone wasn't healing. And it was, an, it's called a non-union. And they told me the second opinion was like, let's, we're going to move a screw and we're going to bring it further up. And I literally said, I am not a piece of Ikea furniture. That's mm-hmm. not happening. It's not happening. And intuitively, I went and I removed the one of the screws and it helped dynamize the bone, free up more room to put more pressure. Anyway, um, then I was working on the set of Catwoman in Burbank and got insurance and went back to the head of orthopedics at Cedars. I was lucky I got hit on Melrose near Beverly Hills. Would have been a different situation in the Lake County somewhere uh, for sure. And um, removed the rod, a lot of the pain and, and, uh, I'm able to run again and be physical. I, I had four years of chronic pain in all ways, and it was kind of an initiation. Became an expert in candida and insomnia. I'm an expert in mold, and so then I was really like voraciously reading nutrition and alternative medicine, and changed my diet, changed my physique, changed a lot of things. And then after making Vanishing of the Bees, I was at a film festival in the Dominican Republic. And before going to the festival, I got sprayed by pesticides, ironically, and uh, became an environmental indicator like the bees. I was diagnosed with lupus and fibro. In reality, it was chemical body burden. 
and the doctors knew nothing about that. They just wanted to give me prednisone and Cymbalta. And I said, no, I didn't take any pain meds while I was hit. In fact, in the hospital, I asked them to take me off of the morphine. And I have a high threshold for pain. I'm a warrior. So then I reversed my autoimmune condition and I launched Honey Colony, my magazine and marketplace. And uh, now I'm a functional medicine consultant and coach. And, and I help I help others one-on-one. So as you know, what you were touching upon your other show, it's not what happens to you, but what you do with what happens to you. And people need to transcend a victim mentality. And I think in year two, towards, you know, the great reset and towards 2030, like for me, I'm, it's about creating heaven on earth and, and being grateful. And, and yeah, this is what I was going to say earlier in regards to critical thinking. I really, I'm here to champion more self-awareness that people know when they're acting like an asshole, when they know what they're good at, what they're not like mindfulness, because we learn through conflict And now there's an abyss between the left and the right because it's all about divide and conquer and they've succeeded. And like, Sean, I was speaking this to a friend's lefty friend. Sorry to label the person. And I told, we told them that AOC is an actor, an actress, and they hung up on us. And it's like, go and watch Mr. Rake. Go look at who's, come on, she got cast. I mean, if someone told me Trump's an actor, I'd be like, yeah. He's a reality actor and he's good because he's playing himself. You know, I wouldn't get offended and hang up the phone. We have to be able to hear each other. Yeah, it. Uh, I, I heard that too. I heard that she, you know, she got ca- or went to a casting call for for that, and that's how she got to where she is. It's that's that's all. Her, it's brother, crazy. her brother turned her name in. Yeah, that, that's. Uh, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, wasn't at the Capitol building. How about say that? <laughs> oh yeah. I know that one. I know. I heard that, you know, that, and it's like, you know what? So how little that, that you think of, of somebody who may have actually gone through a life threatening situation that you would just lie to get, I don't know what support or, you know, people feeling bad for you or whatnot. It's just, it, it was ridiculous. And then to come out that it was, it was that she lied about it. It wasn't even there, but nobody seems to even care about that. No, nobody seems to care about that. I, I did say having been at the Capitol and covered it extensively and shared my footage for whatever it was worth with Rudy Giuliani, which I don't know what happened to all that footage, but I said, wonder whose footage they're going to show at this circus impeachment trial. And yeah, now we have invoices. You made a nice 70K, John Sullivan. That's beautiful. Um, someone said, you know, don't say anything, Miriam. They might, the FBI might call. Please, FBI, call me. Be great for my story. I'll show you some footage. I have me on camera saying stop the violence, not stop the steal. And uh, they won't call me. They don't want to hear from people like like us. Um, or unless they're going to intimidate or try to smear me, which I really don't care uh, at this point. I'm, I'm censored. I'm banned. Like I've had the FDA, the FTC, the DOJ come after me again. This crime was, I sell vitamin C and silver. And I, and I say, I dare to say preventative that word, by the way, folks, 
is no longer, you can't use it. Ministry of Truth disallows, prohibits that word. What's it, preventative medicine or preventative uh, whatever, anything? You, you just can't say it in conjunction with the Rona mm. uh, because only uh, only a jab, even though it doesn't help spread infection. What's you're gonna what you're gonna blow your nose a few times less? Really? Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's really I, weird times. It, and the thing is, if you're scared, I say over and over again. Spoiler alert: We die. We die, folks. And um, if you really cared. Go lose weight. Go change your diet. Don't think it's your your little face diaper. It's like here in San Francisco, it's like a blankie or sucking your thumb. It's like give some type of some some type, even though it, outside. Like I understand in a store, you don't want to get the owner in trouble, whatever. But outside boggles my mind. Well, yeah, people driving in cars boggles my mind. It's like what? That's your space. What are you trying to? Are you trying to keep your germs from you? I mean, it just doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, common I sense. Asked a, I asked a woman. So, do you think your sedan is going to infect you? And I'm like, why are you wearing a mask? And and she goes, my body, my. I'm like, okay, I'm just curious. Why? She goes, I'm doing it for you. Please, lady, you don't know me. Spare me. Please take it off for me. <laughs> yeah it's 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 a bizarro world i was talking cool. to an, another um another uh, d- uh executive director of a, a true crime documentary series called the con and we were and he was he'd called me and he's like man what is, what's your take on what's going on around here man and you're like what, what, do, what do you what do you what do you think you talk to a lot of people and it's like what what's going on and, and all i all i could say was dude we're in bizarro world right now really i mean that's all i can say you know it just nothing really makes a whole lot of sense and i'm just trying to lay as low as i can you know and not and not be in the way or like i go along to get along because because of my temper right and <laughs> and i just put them at because if somebody comes at me and, and tries to tell me to take my mat put my mask on or, or do something like that like i don't depending on on like what my attitude level is that day uh, you know it may it may not end well for somebody <laughs> you, you know so i just like try to uh, be a a, a make it to where i know i'm not gonna you know i'll make it back home <laughs> and not end up in jail some somehow some way um robert says uh i'm wondering how a vaccine for a catastrophic pandemic could come out that fast and with a 90 percent something percent efficacy rate defies well, that's a lie. it's yeah. not a 90 percent. sorry like defies common sense yet people will camp out for weeks well, one, I don't necessarily believe they just started this. They've been looking for a coronavirus vaccine for forty years, yo. It's not. It's not. It's not new. Uh, th- this is not new. Well, why are the cases down? Oh, let's lower the cycle threshold on our magic PCR um, trick. Like, you know, this is like the biggest bamboozle. It's the biggest. This PCR trick is like. You know, it's a case demic, and then it's like, oh, well, the the deaths are totally bloated. Everything. It's like my uncle died, and 
my family, all by the way, are, are in pharmaceuticals. I'm the black sheep. And they think, they think, uh, I told my dad, you're going to put him on a ventilator. He's going to be dead in a couple of days. Literally said, I don't care what you have to say. Why? I've only spent thousands, literally, of hours looking at the Rona every day for a year. What do I know? What, what do what do I know? And sure enough, he, he died. Okay, yes, he was a beast. He, had, he was on meds. You know, also, Sean, he was not ill until he put that swab up his nose. And then I know a handful of people who've gotten sick after sticking that crossing your blood-brain barrier. Um, I was speaking, I was interviewing James Perloff, who's an author who wrote, I won't say the name of the book because I, is this on... This is on YouTube? No, this is on and YouTube and Facebook. Okay. So in any case, um, he, he, um, he's also heard some shady stuff on the PCR test. Let's leave it at that. We, we can move on to a different topic. I don't want to <laughs> get you. Get me shadow, shadow band or, or whatever, whatever it is yeah. that they, whatever they do. Um, yeah. Well, I've been, you know, what was interesting to me is I was listening to, um, wow, what was her name? The one, the one of the frontline doctors, the one that's the, Simone like the Gold. yeah, Simone Gold. And what, what doesn't make sense to me is, I mean, cause she's, she's a doctor. Uh, she's a physician, I guess, and she's a, a lawyer too. So, why would somebody why would somebody put their own you know like livelihood on the line um and and if you know if to me what she was saying made a lot of sense you mean fighting for hcq no but what she said made sense about what she was talking about uh i, I watched a, um, a vimeo video of her and she was you know doing a, a presentation and talking about like all of the things that they're like not letting us talk about from the hydroxychloroquine to ivermectin to like all these different um you know treatments that are out there that are 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 cheap and available versus you know us being pushed to the more expensive uh, therapeutics, things that came out, sure. you know, pushing for the vaccine when, when it's like, okay, well, you know, the only way is to vaccinate. Our only way out is to vaccinate when that's not true. There, there are other things that are out there working right now that are preventative and also, um, uh, you know, help once you get it to where we wouldn't even need to vaccinate. There's many roads to Rome uh, as far, you know, and, and something like HCQ, from my perspective as functional medicine, functional medicine perspective, it's still allopathic medicine. It's still allopathic medicine being the third cause of killing people. So I, I wouldn't, it's been politicized and it's generally safe and it's generic. So they, they don't want to stand for, for that medication, but Listen, you know, I'm sure your audience has never heard of Operation Quack Hack. What's Operation Quack Hack? It's an actual name of an operation by the FDA, the DOJ, the FTC to go after people like me. And they have gone after people like me, Alex Jones, Dustin Nemos, Mark Granov, Genesis Church for selling vitamin C, magnesium, silver, mineral salts, um, ruining ruining our livelihoods 
And uh, for, for what? It's it's bonkers. You know, during the week that Stephen Hahn, the former FDA commissioner, was supposedly under quarantine, he was tweeting against my company. It's like, oh, thanks. I feel honored that you're publicly shaming me. And then it goes hand in hand, this old trick where they get the MSM to write a BS story. And then now we saw it even in the trial. You're quoting stories that are lies and passing them off as reality. I mean, this is so brazen. And again, you just have to chuck your TV. You know, my, I, my mom finally saw Plandemic, which I contributed to. And she's like, maybe there's so many lies. Who who are you supposed to believe? And I'm like, why don't you believe your daughter? That's like, <laughs> that's on the front lines. Um, doing research and you have to, and now like things are missing from the internet. You have to like cross reference. And I see how, you know, I'm, I try to be very careful to cite things and many stories that I've cited now, when you go back, the links are gone. I mean, they've tried to scrub me articles I've written. I used to be part of the mainstream articles I wrote for LA weekly gone interviews I gave an interview I gave with Megan McCain gone um so things are disappearing and um it's a quagmire of law I call them tries Sean truth mixed with lies Mm, mm. yeah absolutely Jim Jim Montgomery Miriam's spirit is phenomenal. Just prior and after the election fraud, I came across her and others, and it get, just gives me hope these days are a curse and a blessing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for anyone who follows my work. I'm super grateful. Yeah, and so where I where I found you was the Union of the Unwanted, and you were a guest. You're actually a frequent guest on the Union of the Unwanted, and that is a really great place to be able to get a bunch of different alternative media um, people, shows, and researchers in one area, in one one location, talking about specific topics, or you know, maybe going around i mean mickey willis was actually on that uh on that on one of the on one of the episodes there yeah ricky had him on there um but yeah talk about uh talk about that and and your experience with the uh, union of the unwanted and and that show well that that i love conversing with people that are intellectual refugees and I could argue that I came back to from Costa Rica where I was in a bubble, a heaven bubble uh, to, to go to conservative events. And uh, I, I am so grateful for people such as yourself who are digging up the truth and uh, questioning, inviting people to question things and putting their selves on the line because now, you know, they're impairing our livelihoods straight up. So something like, Union of the Unwanted, I feel feel honored to have been with other guests in a conversation. So I thank I thank Ricky and and uh, I, I've met I've met other people and been on their shows and had them on my show and yeah I'm all about cross pollinating. Yeah, that's right. In your wheelhouse, the bee lady cross pollinating. Right. Yes. 
Yes. And I, I actually got some, uh, uh, some clips to play as well. Okay, uh, cool. Too. So we can, we can do that here real quick. Let me get some of this stuff off of here. I'm going to go mess with my share screen. Hopefully it, hopefully I do it right. That's <laughs> funny. I, I wanted to do a B track on the film and, and talk about like all the behind the scenes stuff that happened. <clears throat> that's not in the movie, like going to interview Bayer crop science and what happened and, and going to interview the EPA and what happened there. Um, but yeah, so I'm curious to see what, what you put up. Yeah. That's activist post. I, I write for them. I'm grateful that's um, associated with Spiro Skouras. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to do a full screen on that. And then that way you, you can still hear, you can narrate. If sure. You want. Sure. So I did, um, I started off doing these one story and then it's like, Oh, you have 10,000 words. So I did, um, six, six or five part series on the deadly insurrection, the storming of the Capitol. And, um, just really also highlighting, how the mainstream has, it's like broken telephone every day got worse and worse and more extreme. Um, so that's that. And then I, I, um, you know, I had someone on the left say, well, you're entitled to your opinion. This was November 5th and, um, talking about election irregularities. And so I set out to find out for myself and read lawsuits, watched all the hearings, interviewed like Matthew DiPerno, who was integral, who got the forensics in Antrim County, um, exchanged words with Matt Brainard, Bobby Pyden, Christina Caramo, uh, Melissa Carone, um, Amistad Project. So a lot of the people who were integral in uh, looking at all the effery that, w- that went on with um, – this 2020 election. So, yeah. And then I've done other pieces. Like I was covering Zach Boris's punch Google lawsuit. We were in Florida. And uh, while I was covering that, I lost my YouTube channel myself after giving a talk in Florida alongside Del Big Tree and Dr. Carrie Madej and Aaron, the nurse whistleblower. It was such a honor for me because I'd been covering Dr. Carrie's work and you know, watching Aaron really cemented because I was talking about the ventilators last March and seeing her um, her testimony in out of Elmhurst. Anyway, so, has, yeah, that's my Patreon. By the way, yesterday I got a message from Patreon saying that I'm spreading disinfo, and so I had to censor myself, something I love doing, and uh, delete all of my content. So that's why it's empty because I didn't want to lose that because on January 6th, I lost, uh, I have two websites, two companies. One is offering CBD. I started offering CBD way before Kim Kardashian and um, uh, lost my processor on the day, on January 6th. I lost Square. I learned, Sean, that Square, Square CEO is Jack Dorsey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you know that? No, but I helped build that that where they're at, their their main office in San Francisco. 
Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which is right, right down the street from Twitter. Literally, yeah. literally a block away from Twitter on the same side of the street. Wow. Yeah. And I'm not that far away from either Twitter or uh, square, but so, you know, it's been five weeks um, and they won't even return a phone call. They gave me this BS reason and I had a great record, no chargebacks, and it was a CBD beta program. So, yeah, I, that's very frustrating. But literally, yeah, that's the website. That's Simply Transform. So right now we're just offering e-check. And um, I, I've been having issues with the processors since 2017. I, I call 2017 the year of playing whack-a-mole. And I wrote a story called The Politics of CBD in a Techno-Fascist Age. Oh, yeah, we can mention the coupon code, right? What is it? I believe it's in the uh, show oh, I notes. don't think it's on this. Okay, I don't think it's on this website. But, you know, the, this is liposomal CBD, so I'm not only... Um, I, I've given many talks on the benefits of CBD and cannabinoids are so beautiful. And when you learn the politics of what big pharma has done, you know, they put it on schedule one as they were getting their synthetic fake CBD approved. And it, it so happens the company is GW Pharma and they have a, a uh, exclusive marketing agreement with my friends at Bayer. Uh, so they then, they took it off of the government, took it off of Schedule 1, where it should never have been, along with cocaine and heroin, with saying no medicinal properties. At the same time, the government patented cannabinoids for their antioxidant properties and other health properties. And it's just amazing because it really kind of parlays with your body and creates homeostasis. So I, I I have a liposomal. If you see CBD in kombucha, coffee, that's all marketing BS because there's something called hepatic first pass. And unless you're taking the CBD rectally or liposomally, you're, you're, it degrades by the time it gets to your liver. So you want to kind of bypass that. So ours has Chinese herbs. It's a beautiful formula. And it's really sad that people who stand for truth and stand for empowering others to be their own best health advocate are being punished while we have crooks like the pandemic impresario Fauci running around in, in circulation for seven fucking presidency presidents. Excuse. I hope it's okay to swear. Mm -hmm. No, you're good. You're good. <sighs> um, and then we're going to go over to your, your, your main yes. one, right? Yes, well, I so mean, they're both yours, but you have yeah, more. This is the main one. It's the magazine and um, everything's made in the USA. I got, I got banned by, by uh, Airbnb as, because I was discriminatory because I said, I don't want to deal with customer service people in the Philippines because it took me a week to deal with it. So I'm just, there's just such crap. Uh, so I bring that up because our products are made in the USA and um, I believe in, I believe in that. And I don't want to, in our customer service, I had someone say, let's outsource customer service. And I'm like, hell no, that's not happening. Um, 
Yeah, and then we also uh, in the description or the show notes there is a um, coupon or not a coupon code. There's actually a link. It's a link that goes to all of your um, like all all of your products. Yeah, yeah, to all the products. It's an affiliate program, so you get um, some you get a percentage, but there is a coupon code that we created for your audience. And yeah, that one is NWGTBU, nowhere to go but up, uh, pod. NWGTBUPOD. So we have, for instance, silver, which they came after us for that. That's the original antimicrobial, which was swept under the rug with the advent of penicillin. And today we have antibiotic resistance epidemic. So that's for, for me, it's kept me off of antibiotics for 10 years. I used to get UTIs and take antibiotics like three, four times a year. And so it's a miracle in my life and it helped rebuild my immune system, make it stronger, if I'm allowed to say that. And then we have molecular hydrogen, which um, nourishes the cells and it's the smallest antioxidant and you put it in your water. So it, it helps revitalize your your water. And we have a lube for people who are having sex. A lube. Yeah, right. it's a beautiful. It's been it's been touted as the the best lube on this planet. Um, it has Damiana and elderberry and pomegranate and jojoba. There's nothing like it on the, it doesn't have a scent. It's, uh, it's great. So yeah, that's some of our products. Awesome. All right. Let's, uh, let's check out the trailer for vanishing of the bees. Let me know. Let me know if the audio is okay on this. The honeybee is our most ancient hour. Nope. I can't hear it. Oh, I can. Oh, okay. I don't know if the audience can tell you. There's a bee. I have these bee scientists found a couple days ago. It was full of bees. Yeah, if you're listening, tell me if you, later, if you can hear this. We got one home. person uh, following right now. They're not enough. They're not viable. No, they, they're gone. Intrinsically, something deep inside of us recognizes that if there aren't bees, there's something wrong. That's um, <clears throat> the film came out in the UK. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. The film came out in the UK. California homeowners. If you have a power meter like this in the side. All right. Was was narrated by Amelia Fox. And it sounded like way too kind of BBC for me and like a little bit too cold and uppity. And so then we cast Ellen Page, who's now Elliot Page. Um, And uh, yeah, we recut the film. So it came out in 20... 9, 2009, and then 2010. So I don't know if people have any questions. Bees are still dying. Systemic pesticides are at the root 
Yeah, it's that Monsanto uh, where they genetically Bayer. modified it to be in uh, – was it Bayer? It's Bayer. Well, Bayer and Monsatan are one now, but it's the systemic pesticides that are nicotine-based that become part of the plant, and then the bees take back the uh, poisons in the form of nectar and pollen and store it, and then it impacts further generations. And it's not just killing bees. It's it's five to 10,000 times more dangerous than DDT, and it's killing birds and bats and butterflies and aquatic life <sighs> the worms it, it when it when it um, degrades the metabolites are more dangerous than the parent compounds it takes up to 18 years so it stays in the soil we've ruined our topsoil and and this is also a product of monoculture you know i didn't know any of this and i'm sure there's tons of people that still don't know this that bees pollinate one in every 3 bites of the food that we eat and they're ancient creatures and they should be respected just like we should be respecting all of life including fellow our fellow human species uh, but instead we're you know the system is making you sick and and people are just like just doing my job just following rules so we need people like me with a big mouth, but I think the future is like flash mob, flash mobs going to places together because me by myself saying I'm not going to wear my mask is just going to get me banned. Um, but showing up in a crowd, that's that's different. You know, and also just, I don't know if you've ever listened to Harry Vox, but presenting it in a way of like the rich elites do not care about the poppers, the useless eaters, to make it one of class. And that's something that people can then open your mind so, as opposed to like you're being dumb, you know, and, and uh, shaming them. Because I, I would be like, oh, yeah, what size is the virus? Do you even fucking know what size the virus is while you have this face diaper on your face? You don't. It's like 0.123. Well, your face diaper is 0.3. Do the math. But I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, what you're saying, so if they modified it to be in those seeds, right? It was the seeds oh. that, that, that made it a part of that. Those seeds are actually getting into the ground. And isn't that, isn't that poison seeping into the groundwater supply? Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. It takes 18 years to degrade and the, 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 um, compounds are more the the metabolites are more dangerous than the parent compounds. It's absolutely getting into the water. Um, not to mention all the other crap. I interviewed Aaron Brockovich and did a a special. Uh, I used to write for Truth Out, but I, I'm not even accepted on that site anymore with my views. So yes, it's getting into the water. It's uh, these are poisons. I mean, a, a woman is born with how many toxins coursing through the umbilical cord, sorry, when she gives birth? I don't know. How many? Oh, sorry, hundreds. Sorry, I don't have the exact figure oh. at the tip of my time. Oh, okay, okay. Many, many, many different. And then they these poisons, they synergize. So we showed by interviewing scientists that when they a fungicide comes into proximity with a systemic pesticide that it can become a thousand times more toxic and they synergize and the same thing happens when you have different toxins in in the body 
and you have a you have a chemical body burden. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of coffee enemas, although I haven't done them and detoxing. And it's not like a juice cleanse. It's it's um uh, it, it's really taking care of the liver and strengthening that. And the same thing, you know, you look at the bees, their guts, the mon- the GMO seeds did does ruin um, their intestines as well, but it's really the systemic pesticides. And it's a whole host, like you said, a, a thousand death by a thousand cuts. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's everywhere. Um, I, now, wasn't it when they uh, in Europe or, or somewhere over there, when they stopped, when they outlawed using those seeds, the population within a year came back? Yes. In France, the And the irony is that the bees do better in the cities than they do in the countryside, or at least where there's, where there's farming. Uh, of course, they're organic beekeepers. They don't see colony collapse because they have reverence and they take care of their bees. But of course, you also can't control where a bee flies if you have fields next door. I, I covered colony collapse in in Greece, not for the movie, but wrote about it. And and they had colony collapse there as well, except they have so much places that you can basically taking the bees to recover from the onslaught of chemicals. And not to mention, these are nicotine based. So guess what? The bees get addicted. They prefer Mm. the crap, just like a lot of times with, let's say, autistic children, the easiest thing to alter their their behavior or improve their is is the food they eat but they crave sugar and shit they crave the gluten they crave the things that are are i don't eat sugar um i i don't eat sugar i'm really a food nazi and i'm proud of it no soup for you no soup for you no soup for you I, yeah, I know exactly how you feel on that. Well, I I need to to get more into that because I eat I eat like crap. I can help. I mean, like I think Zach he won't credit me, but <laughs> he lost a, he lost a lot of weight. He um, especially in the jungle under lockdown where you literally had we had no car, so he couldn't eat sugar. Mm. Don't tell um, but yeah, it, I'm. You need to. This is your your temple, and also it's like I feel like a few big corporations. You're not going to slowly kill me, um, and I feel very angry. You know, walking down the street, I'm like, oh, jewelry shop. That's in what world is that essential? But gyms are closed, mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. care about your health. Sure, <laughs> sure. So I mean, with all of the like the the things that are opposite, right. You know, that keeping us inside where, you know, we know that vitamin D is, is, you know, helpful. They've traced it to um, the, a lot of the people that were dying were dying because of di- vitamin D deficiency, or they all had that in common, right. They were vitamin D deficient. So they're keeping us in the house. Uh, don't go in the house. Don't, don't go socialize and, and be able to talk to people about all of this craziness. So you can, get on the same page with your neighbors and, and, you know, at the park or maybe at the dog park. And also being each other's frequency, like being each other's energetic field makes a difference if you're with others um, that are like-minded and happy. 
like, oh, there's so many miserable people at Trump rallies. I mean, the energy was like amazing. Sorry, go on. Yes. No, no. I mean, there's just just all these things that are opposite of what would you would think that is is that we should be doing. Like the mass, we know. I mean, if you even read the side of the boxes on some of those, it says it doesn't stop virus. It, you know, it doesn't protect you against viruses. Um, you know, I wear, I wear masks like that for work and, you know, it's, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't see that as a, as a, a valid way of trying to can keep anything from happening. Um, you know, the vitamin D taking supplements, uh, I guess Joe Rogan had a podcast recently and there was a guy on there is talking about quercetin with zinc. Um, Absolutely. You know, I take quercetin. Yeah. It's an and- antioxidant. But it also allows you to get more of the of the zinc and the vitamin D and yes. anything that you're having is uh, cell absorption, right? Yes, absolutely. It helps deposit. It helps allow for the dep- deposit of zinc. I mean, you, you could be like at one point, uh, just this, I had something called hypoluria. I had copper dominance and I was so zinc deficient. Uh, so I take zinc anyway, but but to keep the cell membranes, the integrity of the cell membranes. And again, it goes with, with having too many toxins, too many, a viral load. You know, you can get reinfected with Epstein-Barr. I'm more scared of Epstein-Barr than uh, COVID. But personally, I, I haven't had, I had the flu about five years ago and I took silver and I had people say, like, what are you Jehovah's Witness? Go get the Z-Pack. And I'm not getting the Z-Pack. F you. And I was really, really sick. It was really bad mm-hmm. flu. Uh, and I could see if you have a compromised immune system, if you have diabetes, I mean, it, then it can take you out. Um, but, but the whole point is preventative and nobody in this, you know, in the COVID-19 task force, aside from orange man talked about zinc or, you know, the immune system or therapeutics, you know, under oath, Fauci told Elizabeth Warren that he makes no money off of vaccines. Hmm. Well, I mean, all the research that they do with, with, with taxpayer money, I mean, there, there, there should be something against that right there. I mean, if you're using the taxpayer's money to do the research, why are you profiting off of the off of the patents on on you know what you've researched or come up with you know and i, I had a i had a uh duke uh person that graduated from duke she's a researcher and uh you know that does goes on grants and stuff like that and we had that very same conversation and did she do any ind- independent studies at duke well she was she was for her dissertation, she did a, she went to uh, Mexico to look at some of the farming practices and, you know, how, how some of that stuff works down there. And, um, you know, there's, I I mean, I, I don't, I can't really articulate what it, what it was. You'd have to actually listen to her in the episode of what she was talking about. But uh, I mean, it's, it all kind of goes into the hand in hand, right? You know, there's certain types of research that they'll allow you to do. And if it, then there's stuff that they won't allow you to do or they. Sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, it's just, I mean, everything is controlled. Absolutely. And they do. I mean, what are the reasons, like, for instance, they're going after NAC, 
which is a supplement for liver, it's because they're trying to patent it. Why are they going after curcumin? Uh, curcumin, because they're trying to patent it. They're, they're trying to usurp it and synthesize it and make it fake and then make it theirs because we're living in a genetically modified world and and now even information is genetically modified but but all of these things should make someone conclude government doesn't give a shit about me and my health about my health or they've got it all wrong functional medicine is the future it, it looks at the root it looks at you know, if you were coming to me with a with a health condition, I mean, if I'm coaching that it's steeped in positive psychology, I'm just helping you make new habits and find out why and really hold your hand. But as a consultant, I'm looking at things also that are that happened before your birth. Like, were you vaginally born? Were you on antibiotics? Like, let's look at the timeline. A doctor doesn't do that. He tells, he or she will tell you, your body's attacking itself. There's no cure. Here's some drugs. Bye. Have a nice day. And uh, I say F you to that. The body, having thought that it was attacking itself, realizing that it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. And we are fundamentally, the, the fundamental rubric of how we look at health is, is effed up big time. Um, because no one's talking about the immune system and preventative or detox or looking holistic, looking at the food that we eat. And food is sacred. And uh, we need more sacredness in everything, I think. Yeah, me too, for sure. That definitely is uh, what is lacking. And, you know, trying to link up with, with people that, you know, kind of share your same views. I mean, and not, and not, not in, in a way like you're in an echo chamber, but, you know, be in a way where like, I feel like sometimes what I'm doing is just planting seeds, right. Mm -hmm. and, and trying to be as polite as I can about it. Cause I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get into confrontations with people or, or have my, have my anger get triggered and end up in a situation I don't want to be in, you know, cause I have to really monitor that. And so in, in trying to come combat that for me, it's just, you know, just trying to be polite and, and, you know, drop seeds where I can. And, you know, hopefully, you know, they're not going to usually take the first time around, but maybe somebody, uh, you know, Two months from now, one of their friends will mention the same thing and they'll go, oh, yeah, I I heard that from so-and-so. And then, you know, it, it probably won't take then either. But after the third or fourth time they hear it from people that they're close to, then they'll eventually start to go, oh, maybe I should look at this or maybe I should do a little bit of research and just maybe Google it and see what happens or duck, Don't duck, Google go it. it. Duck, duck, go it, you know, <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever it is you you, you do to, to find yeah. your information, um, you know, and that's, that that's tough too, because they've gotten everybody so used to Googling everything that, I mean, it's the main, it's like your go-to thing. It's, it's been conditioned. Or there's, they're, they're preventing people from, from posting. I mean, wasn't it yesterday that Facebook um, disallowed any sharing of articles uh, across the board for, for a moment. So even sharing, I mean, for now people have telegram, which is less censored. I, I have to figure out what the censorship is over there. Let me put my glasses on to see what ha what happened to parlor. 
I was never on Parlor. I found it very clumsy. Um, so I think it's back, but I, I don't know. That's also another tactic. You know, everyone is so spread thin on, on Twitter. I had several different groups with um, other medical freedom fighters and we would support each other and share information. And, and now it's, uh, it's spread, spread thin. So sad. It's so, it's so sad to, to not have, you know, I, I used to, I considered myself a Democrat and I had Republican friends. I, I never was like, I'm not talking to Robert because he supports orange man. I, it, it, if anything, it was the amazing amount of hatred um, that made me like for just get disgusted and, and hashtag walk, walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, all of the all I mean everything was was about division from the beginning. I mean, you could you could see it and it when it it would just go from one division tactic to another one to another one to another one to another one. And I mean, they literally they'll tell you what's going to happen before cuz they get you they they pre-do it. They're like, "Oh, here comes another strain. It's way, it's way more deadly than the other one than the last one." And they'll say that, you know, maybe like 2 months out, so you're like already prepared for it when they when they unleash it on you. Yeah, and who knows what they're unleashing because in the natural world, a virus will get weaker as it mutates because there's herd immunity and uh we mix microbes and viruses. And so I think they need to normalize. Um, but at the same time, they need to keep the fear going. And so they'll put this like whatever from wherever strain it's going. And at the same time, I was thinking, what had happened if the first year was all these exaggerated deaths and they hated. And then under Joey, we think everything's going well. But in reality, that's when the real people or that's when there's because there were what I call low hanging fruit, you know, the the nursing homes. I was calling nursing homes early on, um, the the um, shelters, the prisons, and this whole notion of community spread magic, just magic, like in the prisons, like mm-hmm. through the plexiglass. Like, how did that happen? And yeah, yeah. I, I think deep deep pop is definitely. On their minds. Mm, yeah. People don't like to talk about that one. Yeah, I've been wanting to talk about that one for years. I remember actually Zach last year and he's like, no, people are, this is last year, people are not ready. Um, well, sorry, folks, you better be ready. Um, better wake up. If, that, if the pill is too big, you know, chop it up and eat it in, in little bits. What can I tell you? Yeah. Right. So what would, so if, if there's people out there that are, you know, kind of on the fence or they, they maybe identify with some of the things that we've been talking about or discussed here, like what is a, a, a basic, um, you know, place to, that they can start. In regards what, to, to like, getting, their whole, yeah. their whole the, what reality is or, or yeah. just the Rona. No, just, I mean, just in, like would a like reading Orwell's 1984 would that be a good start? Sure, that's a. I I reread that on July 2019. Yes, um, that is that is that. I mean, there's lots of 
stopmindcontrol.com pandemic is is pandemic too there's certainly lots of uh, join some telegram groups ask some questions and uh, just i think the takeaway is there's something a little bit effed up it, it's just like with like with george floyd like just enough to be like something doesn't add up did you know sean i just saw the other day in my research endeavors I saw a documentary by Joel Gilbert called uh, the the Trayvon Martin hoax, and uh, Benji Benji Crump actually passed off someone else as a witness. It was really like the half sister that wasn't as intelligent under oath. So if Benji, who is represented OJ and Trayvon Martin and Eric Garner and George Floyd. Uh, can do that how can he be trusted he's a sham i think also to tell your audience to get quiet and and we're all intuitive and we all have discernment and and we need to hone that uh, just like marianne williams says you know it, it's it's a spiritual practice it's like a muscle you have to practice it's just like your heart to you we open our heart we close our heart and i just would like for people to just realize this is spiritual warfare we are spiritual beings having a human experience whether you believe in god or not which i do um and to forge a relationship with yourself we each have our own path and uh it's up to us to find happiness it really is like you you know you you've overcome addiction you've you've found your way again or on a, on a good path and and uh it's possible everyone can start afresh. Yeah, they are absolutely right. And I think that, you know, what I like to say is stop looking at the national scene um as as to what's you know, cuz a lot of that doesn't that doesn't affect you. What affects you is what's happening in your own communities and your own governments and your own local, you know, politics and start there. You know, cause let's, uh, let's just say, heaven forbid that, you know, something breaks out like a, you know, a revolution or a civil war or something like that. I mean, who are you going to depend on then? You're going to depend on your neighbors because you're going to have no choice. You're going to have no choice but to fortify your neighborhoods to make sure that the people, you know, that you're safe, basically. And that's going to come from the people that are closest to you and the people that are in the closest proximity to you. So getting to know your neighbors and starting to, you know, not be so closed off to the people around you is a good start. Yeah. We're moving. Uh, I, I, this is not my community here, but I do think it's absolutely so important. And I think that's why I've gone to like, I'm, I'm going to CPAC, um, I, to be around other like-minded people, to be maskless in a super spreader event, but to really enjoy life and um, you know the, every every event that I've gone to, it's really like. Uh, and when I was in the when I was in the jungle, we were gathering. I actually have a friend who he hasn't had like a hug, and I'm like, I'll hug you, and his response was like, "But I've been socially distancing." And I'm like, okay, so so. Uh, no hug for you. No hug for you. No, he wouldn't even see me. I went to, to LA and he's only seeing a special select group of people who, you know, quarantine. So 
you know, he's like, you've been going to gatherings to, to, um, ecstatic dance. And when I was in the jungle, yeah. And, and arguably Zach had the Rona in March and he was sick for three weeks, very sick. He coughed on me many times. I did not get sick. So, you know, keeping your body strong and, and finding a way to exercise, finding a way to get, get sun. I get in an infrared sauna. I bike every day. I, I, uh, so just, yeah, being thankful too. I, I really think in this second year, it's about, like you said, finding community, being resourceful and uh, really realizing what's important in life. We are not living in, in the city is not natural and I, they're going towards their smart cities where it'll be all teched out and cool, maybe for a certain group of people who love that, but uh, it's not the answer. No, no, that's not. I don't want to see a society like that at all. So, (laughs) all right. Well, let's uh, let everybody know where you can find, uh, we can find you. I have some of your stuff here. I think as you say it, I will probably uh, bring it up uh, where we at. We've got your website, uh, honeycolony.com. We saw that. We saw simplytransformative.com. We can find you on YouTube. Yes, Be Lady 2, because that's my second channel. <laughs> and um, and also, yes, thank you. I'm Lady B on, on Gab. And uh, I'm also, oh, yeah, that too. If we can share the, the Telegram, because that allows for unfettered, there's a chat room, and uh, I always welcome, I try to respond to, to people uh, and, and have a conversation. What what is, what oh I, yeah, you gave it to me. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's, that's right. what I gave it. I distracted you in your intro with my with my link. Yeah, because that's how professional I am on these things. It's like I get distracted <laughs> super great. easy. Great. <laughs> great, thank you. Um, there we go. Let's get over to the banners here. I'll create that one and throw that up there for people to check out. Uh... Who is Robert Trimpert? Robert Trimpert is Tina Marie's husband. Tina Marie is the main founder of Indie Pods United, uh, which is a virtual summit that we threw uh, last year. Uh, at the end of the year, we had a five-day virtual event. Uh, with I mean, basically, it was like a convention with a regular convention, but we did it virtually. It was five days, uh, 12 hours a day. I was the moderator and the uh, host. And there was like five other founders of that as well. And it went off really well. And we're working to do another one uh, this coming June. So we're trying to make it an annual thing. And basically, it's just entertainment, uh, speakers. We've got uh, a lot of different stuff. I mean, it's basically for indie artists. Okay. Nice. And stuff like that. And you can find that at uh, for anybody out there. It's listening, IndiePodsUnited.com. Uh, and go there and you can find all of the replays uh, from last year or from the last event are still there. So just hit the, uh, the schedule and behind that schedule is three different chunks. It's the morning, afternoon and uh, evening versions. And there's a lot of great content there. There's a lot of good stuff on branding, on content, on repurposing, you know, all the stuff that you'd need to know about starting a podcast or being a content creator. It's a great nice. resource. And uh, this clubhouse, uh, Zach is raving about it, but I don't have an, an I, I'm not a Mac person. So it's only for Mac people? 
Yeah, it's just Apple for Store? yeah, it's just for uh I think their beta version is only Apple uh products. So and and it's it's okay. I mean it's it's different. To me, what it reminded me of was you remember back in the day they used to have the chat lines on television mm-hmm. or not on television on the telephone. Uh, yes. It, it reminds me of that too. I, I've been listening to some of them. Also yeah. masterminds or a TED talk, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A TED, TED talk on, on a phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just a lot. It's, it's, it's like that, but it's, it's a lot more structured versus like you can pick where you want to go or who you want to talk to. You can see more. It's a visual versus, you know, you don't like in the old days when you went into a chat line, you didn't know who was there or what they were about or anything. It was just what you, what you went into is what you got. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've just started using it. Um, like I said, we do a uh, uh, 10 o'clock uh, Eastern time AM on Wednesday mornings. And we just, you know, just podcasters coming in and, you know, telling us about your show. And if you have some questions about tech, you know, equipment, anything like that, then we try to answer them. Or if somebody in, in the actual room can answer it. And if they can't, then, oh, well. <laughs> wow. Oops. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's because not everybody that shows up, you never really know who's going to show up in those rooms. Sometimes it's six people. Sometimes it's 16 people. Sometimes it's, it's like just a, two. It's like an AA meeting, a Zoom. I, I'm not, I don't drink, but I, I've gone to Al-Anon. Um, if, oh. you're, if, you're, if you're familiar with, oh, are you familiar? Did you go to Narcs? Uh, is that private? No, <laughs> no, I, I went to, uh, I, I started out. Um, in in the rooms, and then I kind of <laughs> right. I slowly made my way out of them because it was really I I just it was great for me to get the time and, and and distance away from it, but then once you really started, at least where I was at, it just was kind of high schoolish, and I just, I just didn't like it. And so I just stopped on my own and started doing my own thing. And like, I'm not your typical, um, person in recovery either. Like I, my drug of choice was methamphetamine and I, you know, that was what was always took me down. I got hooked on opiates after I stopped doing that. And I got hooked on those for about eight years, but it wasn't anything that I couldn't function on. Right. You can function on meth. No, I couldn't. I, I like meth was. To me, it was like um, it, it allowed me because I think I was ADHD, so it gave me focus. So instead of being all over the place, like when I was trying to do something criminal wise in the white collar crime or, you know, making credit cards, making IDs, I could focus really well on it until I completed it versus there's other people out there that had 17 different projects going on and none of them were finished and they were all laying around next to them. Do you take nootropics now or do you take, um, no, I don't take anything now. So what do you do for the, because I have ADHD, but, but I've taken nootropics or, or tried, um, what was that nootropic that Dave Asprey, um, raves about anyway, to, to, to help with, with focus. Um, did you lose any teeth? No, no, I actually, I lost one. I lost one tooth. I got one cap. But it, if it for doing it for eighteen years, it it really oh didn't God. it really didn't have the effect on me that that it does on a lot of people. You know, I got lucky. 
Wow. I, I um, interviewed a madam in Chatsworth and I hung out with her. And so I didn't know, I thought it was Coke. I didn't know it was meth, but so mm. to like, and I didn't have a shaved head or tattoos. So I looked, I looked quite innocent. And so to like gain their trust, I, I took it and they were all so addicted. I don't have an addictive personality, but I did it for a weekend, um, not knowing. And we stayed up for 72 hours, my, my boyfriend and, and I at the time. And then it like, I never didn't touch it. And then I rented my place out. I was in, living in Greece and I intuited that he was a meth user and he had like when I got back, I literally had garbage bags full of sugar shit crap that the house was was full. And they had the police call the guy. Anyway, it was just a bad scene. The bad he stole checks. He ordered porn. I think they were making crystal meth. I came I also found the uh I'll just tell you this quick a, a toaster oven. And I'm like, that's strange. Whose toaster oven is this? And I went and I put it like by the trash in case someone wanted it. And then the next morning, my neighbor's like, you know, Mary, when you were gone, um, my plate, my garage got or, um, stolen, got uh, broken into. And I, I just found my toaster oven. I'm like, Janet, that toaster oven was in my house. They fucking stole shit and stored it in my place. Anyway, bad scene. So I'm glad you're <laughs> Yeah, it, it it is a bad scene, and it, it was crazy when I was like the funniest thing that when I think back to is uh, when I was selling and before I got raided, uh, there was a um, there would be guys that I would they would come and they would steal stuff and they would you know, bring it to me and I would take it obviously for in exchange for for drugs, and I used to ha- I used to have so much stuff that would come in like I would go down to the dealer down the street and go to his house cuz I knew this I knew the guy and I would see my stuff that I had paid for over there so they had got they they would sell it to me then turn around when I'm not paying attention steal it back and go and sell it to the other dealer down the street and like can continue doing this and it was like it was so funny man it is I I I when I think about my life and, and how it was like that and the people that I was around and like the situations that I would allow myself to be in. And I would just like, I cringe now. I'm just like, how did you like let yourself get to that point? You know? Well, you found your way back. I mean, that's, that's what counts. The, I was, I was joking around like, I'm going to try heroin this year. <laughs> but I'm just kidding. But, but, I, but I was just like, you know, F it. Like things are going to hell. I'm totally joking. Um, I don't, I don't, drink or i do smoke pot i don't know are you like super clean no no so what what got me off of the uh the opiates right so i weaned myself down um and it was probably about it was about six months now maybe about a year before i started this podcast and uh, it was something it was six months to a year and i go okay well how are you going to talk to anybody about anything if you're still taking pills or at least getting getting pills and you know doing something else with them um you know from <laughs> from from the uh from the whatchamacallit from the the doc or the hospital and so i stopped i was like you know i can't do that so i weaned myself off i went half 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 and then um when i got to probably maybe a quarter of because i was taking 
10, 10 milligram Percocet. So when I got to about two and a half milligrams a day, I switched to edible marijuana and mm -hmm. to wean myself off the rest and make the discomfort not as bad because you still get it. You still get the withdrawal when you pull away completely. But the the edibles really help to uh, alleviate some of that discomfort. And then from then on, I just, you know, now that's all I, I'll do is if I'm in pain, I'll take an edible. Uh, I microdose uh, daily THC uh, in edible form. I make my own. And so it, uh, it really helps. For me, it's like. It is. Uh, it's a beautiful plant. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't look at it like that. To me, it's like as long as your life is is on the right track and you're doing whatever you need to do to make your life uh, productive and healthy and and you know whatever that looks like you know if you smoke marijuana good good on you man if it as long as you're not hurting anybody or or hurting yourself in the process you know you should be able to do whatever it is you want to do you know recovery is different for everybody there's no one size fits all on on you know recovery there's no one size fits all in health there's no one size that fits all in anything we're all different we're all chemically different inside absolutely. right uh, absolutely i mean I, I my what landed me in al-anon was a, a functional alcoholic but he was functional but but i i whether i think he he's hurting himself i think he's hurting he was hurting his liver and and he because he was functional his son or his baby mama couldn't say anything. I, I certainly, I mean, that's why I went to Al-Anon to not be counting drinks. Um, but I also found in, in reference to the 12 step rooms that then people, I found that people get addicted to, to those, um, to those rooms. I also went to, I would go to, to SLA. Do you know what that is? Mm -hmm. Sex and love addicts. Mm -hmm. So I went, used to go to SLA as a love addict and I, I would have like my journal with me. And I was like in like fight club, the, the character, yeah, yeah, yeah. how are they not kicking me out of here? This is such great fodder. Like what, there was one chick that was stalking. This was in the day of MySpace, and she was stalking her boyfriend and uh, talking. And, and she's like, my therapist told me to take a little sticky sticky pad and write my space equals my misery and put it on my computer and just busted, busted out laughing. But eventually I stopped going also because I, and then I was switched to just female because the guy rooms was like, you know, porn and like massage parlors and like could never go on the internet again. It was a little bit drastic where the chicks were more love, love addicts, but fascinating. Mm -hmm. I, I think by watching others and minoring psychology, then I could help heal, heal myself. Um, so I found use to it, but then they can get addicted. Like I have a friend that ha has, absolutely has to go to his AA meetings where then I find that you become addicted to your AA meeting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know some people like that too. I mean, and like I said, you know, to each their own, whatever works, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put, pass judgment on you for, you know, how you run your, your deal, you know, and don't pass judgment on me for how I run mine. You know, I'm not passing. I don't push my ideals on anybody. I don't, you know, and I, and I don't wrong anybody for how they feel as long as they're not trying to push it on me. You know, we can have a, we can have a decent conversation and, you know, politely, 
disagree or agree to disagree, or maybe I might, you know, if, if you bring some, some, you know, stuff to the table that makes me go, well, you know, let me think about that. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe I am thinking about it wrong and then you give me something to think about and I'll go home and start researching it and looking into it. And you may be right, but it's being open enough to understand that, you know, okay, maybe I don't know everything. Right. Maybe that's the, that's the thing that's missing with people who hang up on, on others for daring to call AOC an actress. Jeez. But is like an openness because it's like, Oh, I want to, I want to learn. I I can say I'm wrong. I I thought for a hot minute that the masks, Zach and I had masks last January. Who else had masks? We had a whole hazmat suit and, and we thought we got, we came to the fear porn and then realized it was a psychological operation. I'm not going to fault people if they want to hide behind, find solace behind their face mask. I just know it doesn't work from a science point of view, but yes, agree to disagree and be open. That's the key. Be open. Yeah. Nobody likes a mask hole. No one likes, I say real men don't wear masks. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you're that, if you're that afraid, then I mean, I don't know, man, do you just stay home, stay out of, out of whatever, but don't wear them in the house. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I actually went to a place uh, last weekend, and it was right down the street from me. It was a bar. I'm like, oh, let's go, let's go have a drink, man. I, you know, I need to get out of the house. I've been, you know, 14 hours a day at this damn computer messing with this show, um, you know. And so we went down there. Uh, my girlfriend she pulled out her mask and she put it on, and I, I had mine in my hand. And the guy that opens it, that was right at the door, um, he goes, "Hey, hey, lady, you can't wear that in here." and so i was like yeah so we went in and it was everybody in the place i mean it was it was kind of packed and just like the good old days yeah just like the old days man nobody had it on everybody was having a good time and um yeah it was like wow i feel weird i feel like i'm i'm doing something bad right isn't that amazing it's amazing um in such a short amount of time um, to, to, to actually, yeah, to, to switch it around. Yes. That's why it's important to be around others that are not living in fear because that is the real virus fear and hate very highly contagious. Yeah. The most amazing thing though, I think is that we live in the country that has the most guns of anywhere, but yet we, they bent us to their will so fast. Yeah. At the same time, places like where I hail from Canada, I would have thought Canada would have been better, but, but, but they're worse. And, and it kind of dawned on me. I was like, Oh, that's what makes America. Cause you know, I, I just became a citizen before Trump was president. I'm like, Oh, it's the constitution. We have the con and that's why they're trying to erode it. And it kind of like, I'm like, this is why this country is, is special. And it, it really, it really hit me and I've learned so much more about the constitution and I've learned that many people don't know squat about the constitution, but call themselves American. (laughs) Yep. They're just lazy. A lot of, a lot of people that don't know that don't want to research anything, but talk about everything. Yeah. And then I did a piece early on for Vaxter called censorship and Corona don't mix and labeled. There's a, 
a swath of people who, you know, I would be in like Costa Rica and they pointed to a sign. They put a sign in the cafe to not talk about the Rona. And it's like those hippies, like, I just want to stay in my bliss world. And then they just catch wisps, wisps. They're not even like grounded in context. And then they formulate this, this half-assed uh, theory or story of what's really happening. Um, or they say, you know, I don't want to deal with negativity. And uh, okay, well, we'll live in your, you know, go go and lay down in your safe space. <laughs> You're right. I've told that to someone because I said the F word. To, I got banned from Instacart because I said the F word. And it wasn't like F you. It was like, I've been on the phone for four hours. This is effing bullshit. And she said, oh, can't, can't handle profanity. And I said, oh, do you need to go and lay down in your safe space and recover? It's like, really? Oh, they didn't like that. And so I got banned. <laughs> all, the, all those buildings that you're talking about, like the, uh, the Square and uh, Twitter and all of those tech places, um, Zynga, that's another one. I built that one. I helped build that one, too. Um, they all have safe spaces. For realsies? For realsies, they all have these little rooms. I mean, there's so many things that they have in those in 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 these new tech um, company uh, uh, buildings and and offices. I mean, they literally. That's why they they're such a good place to work at because they they have video game rooms. They have other stuff. They've got little safe spaces. They've got um, what's you know, a safe space? Is it like 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 a bouncy a floor like? Or with balls, like what happens in this? I don't know. I, maybe it's a, you. You go in the room and nobody can, no one can come in next to you. Yeah. Well, it's, conservatives don't have a safe space, it seems. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, Miriam, it was great talking to you. Um, I'm glad we. Here. I'm glad we got to connect. Um, Thank you. Too, too too bad you're you're moving because. Maybe we could hook hook up with some some sort of a uh, 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 la resistance. Wait, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, I I hope to I pray to like get me out. Even L.A. by the way has a better vibe than here. It's less sad because there's there's I don't know if you go to L.A. ever. I you know I I interviewed remember the uh, the lady that had the viral video when the movie company opened they shut her her oh, business yeah, yeah. down um, yeah, yeah. Marsden um, uh, Pineapple Hill Saloon I yeah. had her yeah I had her on uh, not too long ago before she was able to open up I mean they're doing outdoor dining now but you know in the midst of all of it and it's it was it was really sad you know she. It is she broke down, you know, for like five minutes and I was just like, Oh, what do I do? <laughs> you know, if I just let her, let her, you know, that's your truth right there, man. I mean, you know, this is what they're doing to you. Yeah. And then after a certain point, you you have to make lemonade out of your, your lemons, I guess. I mean, because that's the thing we are being victimized I mean, all the merchant processors, like literally not being able to make money to live. That's, you know, I'm being victimized, but it's like, what am I going to do? Just like cry my violin or take them on. Or like now I'm talking to a lawyer. I mean, I, I'll see, I'll, I'll see what I can do, but you have to, there's so much injustice happening. 
and uh we have to transcend the victim mentality we we just we just need to and we have to stand up that's the thing you know people patriots are saying like we have to fight we have to fight well we had a chance it was january 6th now like what does that look like when you say we're going to fight what what literally i'm really asking what does that mean right yeah, I mean, does it mean like, you know, like Martin Luther King kind of fight? And, you know, because anytime you tried to unify the people in the past, you see what happens to those leaders. They're yeah. not, they're, they're no longer leaders. They actually, they get, they get dealt with and they get eliminated. Yeah, they get offed. Um, it, it's, it's difficult. And, and the medical mafia, it's, it's real. It's no, it's no joke. I know people who've, whose life has, have been threatened. They've said, like, if you leak this information, we're going to harm your children. We're, we're going to come after you. <clears throat> it's no joke. All those people who all of them have suicided themselves. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Anyway. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's another, another, another topic for yeah. another, another day. Thank you, Sean. Thank you for this opportunity. And uh, yeah, please people buzz on over to, to telegram and and uh let's have join the conversation awesome yeah follow Miriam everywhere that she's at everywhere those places that she listed will be available in the description in the show notes and thank you all for stopping by and and checking out the show uh if you if you're getting anything out of the content that i'm putting out or the guests that i'm having on why don't you head on over to patreon and uh, check out what i'm doing there and help support the effort Until next time. You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.